Hi, welcome to the Gospel Fluency Podcast, helping you speak the truth of the gospel into every sphere of life. Welcome back to the Gospel Groups Podcast. I'm once again in the Clock Tower studio with John and Catherine here in Mooney Ponds. How are you guys doing? Morning, pretty good. Just had my coffee, feeling good. Happy times. Uh, we are talking about promise, the next part of our series on the biblical story. Uh, and I want to start by talking about advertising, one of my personal favorite subjects. Uh, guys, what are some of your favorite ads? wouldn't say this is a favorite ad, but I saw this massive billboard in Melbourne last week that just said, the more you feel, the more you live. I have no idea what they were trying to sell. <laughs> and I don't even know if I want what they're trying to sell because there's just some things in life that I don't want to feel. Like the pain in my legs after a bike ride. You know, it, just, I, it didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, Kat? Yeah, um, I quite like the car ads. I think it's Subaru uh, where you've got the family in the car. They're driving along and it's just... Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. It's mm. perfect. There is, there is, mm. you know, because they've bought this car, the family has become the perfect family. Mm. Now, I haven't bought that car, so that might be my downfall, but I can tell you that in our car, my children are not the perfect children. We are not the perfect happy family, and many, many, many snacks are required to keep mm. some form of sanity for an hour's <laughs> drive. <laughs> Uh, you tell the truth, Kat, you tell the truth. Um, I love ads. I, I love the ones that are really clever, actually, and actually work really well and make me want to uh, value a particular product. Um, but one of my favourites is uh, similar to uh, yours, an ad which promises much and of just by any rational standard doesn't work. And this is an ad for Lynx deodorant where you've got this average-looking guy on a beach. He's got two cans of Lynx deodorant and he's pointing them at himself and spinning around and spraying them at himself. And then it pans out and there's this horde of women, hundreds of them, like, <laughs> rushing towards him. And I love that ad because, one, Lynx deodorant will not do that. It and didn't do it I for can, me. Yeah. I can tell you that. No, no. Uh, and, and secondly, any deodorant sprayed in, with that kind of quantity on yourself... <laughs> is not going to attract anyone um, except maybe like feral cats or something. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just brilliant. <laughs> um, ads are promises, right? Yeah. They're, they're promises that if you buy this thing, then you will get something. You'll, you'll get some level of satisfaction or there'll be some um, utility to that product that will help your life. Ads are promises. And actually our world runs on promises. Uh, John, tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, I think our totally um, our world totally runs on promises, right? Um, and I think particularly as we're talking about marketing, right? Our economy runs on promises. Uh, so I think there's a few kinds of promises that get made in day to day life. I think there's a transactional promises, right? Like, uh, if I give you this, then you will give me that. Uh, so we went to the cafe on the corner before, and there was a promise made. If you give me $5, I'll give you a quality batch brew. Um, and it was decent. Lived up to the promise. Um, there's also um, relational promises that we make. So marriage is a really good example of this, right? The marriage covenant where uh, you promise that you will love and be faithful to your spouse forever. 
um, or friendships as well, right? There's, and this, I think, interestingly, this doesn't often get said or sometimes, but when friends will say, oh, I'll be there for you. I'll turn up for you. It does in the Friends theme song. It definitely does. Yes. <laughs> First line. And then I think there are legal promises that we make. There's these expectations that we have in our society that we will abide by the law of the land. Uh, and for those of us fortunate enough to have been born in Australia, I don't know if I've ever sworn that promise of allegiance to Australia, but certainly in citizenship um, ceremonies, that sort of thing, you've got to sign up for that, right? You've got to swear your allegiance and make that promise. Mm. Um, and actually, I think promises are... Uh, key to every good story that gets told, right? Because uh, the promise uh, gives us a sense of hope that the things that were meant to be, the things that are broken, they're going to get fixed somehow. Things are going to be made right again. Um, and sometimes like you can hear it in something the character says. So a really good example of that is Liam Neeson in Taken, <laughs> where the kidnappers uh, got him on the phone and he says, you know... Uh, I can't pay you a ransom, but I do have a very particular set of <laughs> skills. Um, it pretty much promises that he will find them and kill them. <laughs> and the entire movie is the story of him keeping that promise, frighteningly. Um, or sometimes we see it in a story where um, the promise is implied, right? Like... We see the brokenness, we see the tension, we see the conflict. Um, and we also see a character who has the um, capacity and the character and the integrity to change that situation. They might be like the reluctant hero, but we as the audience, we see that promise of restoration in mm. them. Mm. Um, and actually, it's a really important idea in the Bible, right, Pete? This idea of promise. Yeah, absolutely. Um you might say that the entire Old Testament is about a promise. Uh, it's about God's promise. And sometimes that promise is spelt out really uh, specifically and explicitly in what God says. And sometimes it's, it's a bit harder to see. It's a bit more implicit in the story itself. It's woven into the very events that happen. And part of interpreting the Old Testament is uh, understanding the scope uh, and the depth of that promise along with how God is faithful to enough to be trusted to keep his promises. Uh, God's promise in the Old Testament is uh, called the covenant. Um, it's a promise between him, between God and his people, God's people, and often made particularly with the leader of God's people. Uh, so uh, it's there in with Abraham, when God makes a his covenant promise to make Abraham a father of many nations and to give him a land for his people uh, and uh, to, that his family, his line, his descendants would be a blessing to the whole world. Uh, and then that's uh, taken and filled out in extraordinary detail with Moses and the, Mo, uh, and the law of Moses. Uh, the Ten Commandments are the famously kind of the summary of that, but it goes into lots of detail about, well, what kind of people would Israel have to be in order to keep their end of that promise, um, in order to fulfill um, God's ultimate purpose for humans made in His image, which we talked about a little bit about um, in our uh, episode on creation. Uh, if Israel will love and obey God, then He will use them to right the wrongs of the world and, and to bring about his shalom peace, right? His wholeness 
to the world. Sin uh, would be dealt with. Death would be defeated. Evil would be punished. And God's king, his anointed leader, uh, would reign forever in righteousness. This is the promise that we see unpacked in the pages of the Old Testament. And the unveiling of the promise is at the heart of the Old Testament, actually. It's, it's helping us to understand uh, how God will make right the fallenness of the world, the brokenness of the world. Um, and in fact, actually, we see this promise even before Moses, before Abraham, in the very first pages of the Bible, when, uh, when Adam and Eve have sinned and fallen out of fellowship with God, and, uh, and God comes and, um, and covers them, actually, with an animal skin, uh, it's actually a promise to say, I will co- cover your shame, mm. right? And then there's this little, beautiful little line which says, um, uh, which is made to the serpent, to Satan. It's a promise that one day the offspring of Adam and Eve would uh, stomp him, <laughs> would ground him into the dust, mm. uh, even as the serpent strikes the heel of that person. Liam Neeson-esque. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we follow then this line through the Old Testament, uh, this unraveling of that promise. What would it take for God to make things right again? And it's really clear that this is God's promise. This is God at the center of it. Um, Humans can't do it. They are broken. They are sinful. They are unable to make this right. God has to be the main player in the story. Um, and the Old Testament is actually really long, I think, <laughs> because humans uh, really struggle to believe God's promise. Uh, humans love believing false promises. And so this, the history of Israel is them constantly falling out of faith and, and pursuing the promises of the other false gods of their neighbors, of the Baals and the Asterisks and all those ones, right? Um, and believing that... Actually, God can't be trusted, but these other gods can be, despite all the evidence to the contrary. And this is um, something that I think we can see in ourselves, even today, uh, that we often prefer to, f- to seek salvation in almost any other source other than God. That's the heart of our sinfulness, that we seek salvation in other sources and we don't trust God, and we don't have faith that he will fulfill what he said he will do. We're going to talk in the coming episodes about how God eventually does fulfill his promise um, in the, with the heart of the gospel with Jesus. But um, as we kind of center ourselves on this particular subject, um, John, Catherine, how do we recognize this idea of promise in the lives of the people around us and in ourselves? Yeah, Uh, I reckon there's two areas where I have seen um, people seeking out promises uh, in their lives recently. One that's come up in uh, school drop-off conversations. It's a whole new realm, school drop-off conversations with other parents. It's just, man, at 8.30 in the morning, you've got to be ready to chat and drop off kids and then move quickly to the next thing anyway. Um... But in those conversations, there's been a lot of things about, you know, oh, so where do you live? Or have you bought your home? Are you renting? And then you get the, oh, yeah, so we've, we've bought our forever home. And I think it might be a particular promise 
two Australians of our generation who've um, given up their avocado brunches and put the down deposit for a house and begun the mortgage payments. They've now got their forever home. It's the promise that this will be the place of security, of prosperity. This will be the place that they raise their family and children in a peaceful environment with a nice green backyard. Um, And maybe they'll do up their kitchen and bathroom in 10 years' time, but it's their forever home. Uh, I reckon the other place we see it is in wellness Gym memberships are through the roof. We are all trying to eat organic, sugar, fat, everything free, vegan food. No offence if you're vegan, that's totally fine. Um, But I think the promise that, uh, that that will give us eternal life or even that that will extend our life, we just have no idea whether that's true. Um, Yeah, and I think that's another place where I see um, us... uh, looking for promises to deliver. What about you, John? Well, I think, like, the tricky thing with promises is that there are things that deliver on the promises, right? Um, And so wellness is a really good example because um, if I do eat better, I will feel better. Mm. If I, um, I don't know, commit to going for a 5K run every morning, then I will get fitter. Not that I've done that. <laughs> the promise is still there. Um, and so I think that makes it tricky for us um, to like distinguish between what are um, good promises and good things to put our trust in, uh, but also to be able to identify, I suppose, like when are we asking these things to deliver in an ultimate sense? Mm-hmm. So like um, the forever home, for example, like, if I get my forever home, then I'll f- my life will have meaning or then I will have achieved something worthwhile. Um, then my life will be worth something, right? Um, but, like, we see, like, these promises all in all sorts of places, like putting our trust in one political leader to right all the wrongs, mm. you know? Um, and it sounds ridiculous, um, but I think we can be tempted to, to go that way. Or, frankly... Um, looking at the church or um, leaders within the church in the same way. Like if I um, throw myself into this church community or if I trust this leader completely, well, then they're going to be able to right every wrong in my life, you know. Um, And putting that kind of ultimate hope upon people or things that people have built, I think that's kind of just sinking sand. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's a really interesting thing, isn't it, that um, uh, that we're... A, a, a world runs on promise, and there's some payoff there, right? right. Because uh, m- many of the promises do come through, at least in the short t- term, and, and that's fine, actually. Um, we we want to learn how to see promises for what they are and not expect them to be what they, they're not and could never be, actually. Um, it's also, I think, important to recognise that there is something good about promises. Mm. Um, promises that are fulfilled is a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing to be part of actually um you know if you might know someone who uh has just had a great long-term really healthy marriage like they had their wedding vows and and they've really worked hard through the ups and downs for sickness and and in health Mm. (laughs) to to fulfill them um and that's actually a really uh, beautiful thing. I like sometimes uh, you see these in Hollywood, right? Where a, a, a place famous for marriages that don't last very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see uh, 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 people in Hollywood who actually have 
really healthy and great marriages that, that go for decades. Mm. Um, it actually stands out, doesn't it? It yeah. stands out to people as that's something really beautiful and something to be celebrated. Mm. Um, and, and there's something also uh, wonderful about having been uh, having someone make a promise to you and when they fulfill that promise like you kind of love them for it right yeah. it helps you deepen that relationship and deepen your trust um and that's obviously in in sharp juxtaposition with when a promise is broken and just how painful um and damaging that, that can be right uh there's some great things um, to help us all recognize this aspect of promise in our world, in our lives. Um, I'm curious about how we respond to that. Like, guys, what are some of the ways that you might um, uh, lean in, engage with this idea, both with the people we, we meet, but also in ourselves as well? Yeah, well, I think, uh, as John mentioned, that idea that, that there there are good things in promises um, uh, that we look forward to and good payoffs. And so acknowledging those things, acknowledging that, hey, it is great to have a roof over our heads, a place to call home that is safe and peaceful, and we are so thankful for that. Um, but that points us to a greater sense of home um, to a place where we will have eternal peace and rest, to uh, life forever with Jesus that will be perfect. Um, yeah, and so I think one way of responding is um, listening to people, being curious about what it is that they are um, looking to have their looking for, where, where they're seeking promises to be fulfilled, um, and then pointing them beyond that helping them to see that those promises are not ultimate promises, but that they can point to something better. Hmm. John? Well, I think they're just like, like you said, Kat, there's really simple questions that we can ask um, that will hopefully make people feel like you care and that you're interested. So like asking a question like, oh, um, what drew you to that thing? You know, what drew you to making the choice to wake up at five o'clock every morning and go to the gym? Um, what are you hoping to get out of it? You know, asking those sorts of questions. Um, and, and if you do have a sense of um, maybe a disparity between what their hopes are and what's realistic or what's being promised, then maybe you could extend yourself, you know, maybe push back a little bit and be a bit bold and brave if you're in that place, in that relationship, and say, well, do you think that's actually going to give you what you're trying to get out of it? might be something really hard to ask, but actually might just be the question that opens up a conversation mm. um, that really matters. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I think that it should be an inspiration for us to spend lots of time reading the Old Testament. Um, and maybe this is a response to ourselves even as we go about our lives looking for promise. Because the Old Testament, as long as it is, and with all those crazy genealogies and kind of weird stories that happen right ultimately it's a story of god's faithfulness to his covenant promise despite human sinfulness right it's a it's a story of uh, god's people constantly failing to fulfill their end of the of their promise but god's persistence in nonetheless um, even though he occasionally allows them to experience the horrible consequences of that in judgment, he, he still 
always allows uh, room for them to return and he pursues them and enables them to do that, actually. And he does it over and over again. And again, that's why the Old Testament is so long, um, because we need to learn this uh, and because it actually makes um, uh, the, the advent of Jesus all the more fulfilling and satisfying and, um, and, and ultimately beautiful for us. Because as I said, when a promise is kept, makes it brings us alive Mm. and so that's what jesus does and that's what we're going to get to finally in our next episode next month month. uh, when we hit redemption and what the redemption of jesus offers us in our lives in our circumstances we will uh, see you then next month Uh, again thank you Catherine. thank you john always a pleasure thanks pete thanks pete bye